0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have our final edition of the Bean Report. And up first in today's country comment, we'll hear from Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler, who announced details this morning on the province's Recovery program for livestock producers. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The Manitoba and federal governments have launched two programs under the Agra Recovery Framework for livestock producers to help with the extraordinary costs incurred for feed and transportation. Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler made the announcement this morning.
1: These dry conditions across Manitoba has created extremely stressful and challenging situations for many producers and the agriculture sector continues to, relay, to display the resiliency of our farm families. Our government has worked diligently with our stakeholder groups to provide the best outcomes to our producers. I am pleased to announce our government's Ag Recovery Drought Assistance Programming, which represents a suite of business-rich management, otherwise known as BMRs. Programs under the Canadian Agriculture Partnership. We had heard from livestock producers, producer groups, and others about the challenges faced by Manitoba's livestock sector. Today's announcement is a result of a strategic partnership between our government and industry. In addition to existing BRM programs, including Agri Insurance, Agri Stability, and Agri Invest, the Manitoba government has committed $62 million to help producers source feed, move livestock, and manage their herds. recovery is part of the Canadian Agriculture Partnership Agreement, with funding shared on a 60-40 federal-provincial basis. This investment of our proposed programs amounts to $155 million for our producers here in Manitoba. This investment is among the highest in the Ag Recovery Assistance of our livestock and forage sector in Manitoba's history. The Ag Recovery Drought Assistance was designed to support an immediate future needs of producers and ensure sustainability of the livestock sector in Manitoba. We will help producers affected in low moisture conditions in 2021 to purchase feed in order to maintain their breeding herds. The Livestock Feed and Transportation Drought Assistance will help producers maintain their breeding herds. Assistance is also available to purchase and test feed for eligible livestock as well as transporting purchased feed from distant locations. This program will provide assistance for the movement of eligible hay, straw, green feed and silage to eligible animals to address feed shortages due to dry conditions. In addition, the Livestock Transportation Drought Assistance will provide assistance to offset freight expenses associated with transporting livestock to alternative feed supply areas. You can find details about the recovery Drought Assistance on our website, manitoba.ca backslash agriculture. Or you can visit one of our service centers to work directly with our staff. And I can assure you they've all had training. They'll be ready to go. The programs will be available in those service centers by tomorrow morning. I also want to know, also know it is very difficult for producers to choose between feeding their livestock this winter or sending them, to auction, sending them to auction, whichever choice you made for your farm and your family. Manitoba wants to support our farm families. We want to help those that have sold their cows this summer, to out, or who will have to make this tough decision this fall or winter. We are working with the federal government on a program that will help you get your cows back into your herd. This program is still under development. I've heard from Manitoba's beekeeping industry on extraordinary heat and dryness and severely affected pastures and crops and decreased nectar and pollen, which is necessary for our honey production. Beekeepers are looking for government assistance to offset extraordinary costs to provide syrups and pollens patties to maintain the 100,000 commercial beehives in Manitoba this fall and winter. Be assured that staff are assessing the request and working with our federal and provincial colleagues to address this matter. We will continue to work with you as we monitor, monitor the situation. Extremely important that we continue to work together to manage our response to this adversity. That was Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler
0: announcing this morning details on two programs being launched under the Agra Recovery Framework. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The Manitoba and federal governments have launched two programs under the Agra Recovery Framework for livestock producers to help with the extraordinary costs incurred for feed and transportation. The Livestock Feed and Transportation Drought Assistance Program will help producers purchase and test feed for livestock to maintain their breeding herds, including transporting purchase feed from distant locations. The Livestock Transportation Drought Assistance Program will offer assistance to help offset freight expenses associated with moving livestock to alternative feed supply areas. Manitoba is also in the process of designing a cow herd rebuilding program under the Canada Manitoba Agri-Recovery Drought Assistance Framework to help livestock producers forced to sell breeding stock due to limited feedstock in 2021, with the goal to rebuild their herd starting in 2022. The details of this program are currently under development. Earlier this month, the Manitoba government announced an investment of $62 million under the Agra Recovery Framework, designed to support livestock producers affected by this year's drought conditions. The province has completed its crop disease survey for 2021. Here's pathologist David Kaminsky, who talked about canola.
2: One of the diseases that's traditionally a problem for Manitoba is sclerotinia stem rot, also known as white mold in the other crops that uh, are susceptible, and it is uh, the, the most substantial reduction. We saw virtually none this year.
0: He notes black leg prevalence and severity was also down this year. Kaminsky says the survey also showed no new cases of club root. While some areas of the prairies have seen some rain this month, more precipitation is needed to pull out of the drought. Trevor Hadwin is an agroclimate specialist with Agriculture and agrofood Canada.
2: What we really need is that good winter snowfall to uh, provide some moisture into the, both inter, into the soil moisture, but also into the, uh, the surface water supplies, uh, dugouts and sloughs and, and even the streams are, have been very low this summer. So, uh, we need that water, uh, from the snow melt and we, we also need, uh, those spring rains to come through and continue to, to provide that moisture to recover the system.
0: And the Canadian Wheat Research Coalition, alongside the Western Grains Research Foundation and the Saskatchewan Winter Cereals Development Commission, have committed funding to a core breeding agreement with the University of Manitoba. Valued at over $3.5 million over five years, the agreement will ensure the continuation of the Fusarium Head Blight Nursery Program, along with the Winter Wheat Breeding Programme. The Canadian Wheat Research Coalition is a collaboration between the Alberta Wheat Commission, Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission and the Manitoba Crop Alliance. The University of Manitoba Agreement represents the fourth and final core funding agreement with the public wheat breeding programs in Western Canada. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, August 31st. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the chair of SAS Canola. Saskatchewan grower organizations are urging the Western Grain Elevator Association and its members to work with farmers and eliminate administration fees and reduce penalties for the 2021-2022 growing season. On the program today, Glenda Lee Allen-Vossler talks with Bernie McLean, chair of SAS Canola, one of the groups involved.
3: SAS Canola, of course, is one of the groups. Bernie, who else is involved here?
4: Well, many of the Crop Commissions here in Saskatchewan as well as APAS, but uh, SAS Barley, Canola, Flax, Oats, uh, SAS Pulse Growers, and Sass Wheat are involved here in the, in the conversation as well.
3: To begin with, uh, let's set the stage for everybody. We know this all stems to the situation with the drought, but explain for us the need for this to happen, if you will, and and producers' concerns around this?
4: Uh, it's been a devastating year when it comes to the drought and, and the extreme heat. And uh, in a lot of cases, I think the extreme heat almost had a lot more to do with it than, than just simply drought. Uh, a lot of flowers, uh, whether it was in cereal crops or canola or pulses, just simply aborted. They, they, couldn't, uh, they couldn't actually produce through that heat and, and wind that we had here earlier this summer.
3: So explain to us now, if you will, what we want to see happen with the Western Grain Elevator Association and its members and why we need them to take a second look at things.
4: Absolutely. So there are... Like like many do on a yearly basis, there's there was a lot of forward contracting done this spring and and it was uh, it was a signal of prices back in the spring. Now, again, with this unprecedented drought and and heat wave uh, and obviously reduced yield uh, prices have increased, but at the time they were very profitable prices, and it was an opportunity for growers around the prairies here to to lock in profit for fall. Uh, it gives opportunity for fall delivery of off the combine. It may help with bin space issues. And uh, and again, now growers are finding themselves in a situation, even small, you know, 10 to 20% pricing and deferred delivery contracts. Uh, many growers aren't going to be able to fill those contracts this year simply because the grain is not going to be there.
3: Now, I know each contract and each company is different, but generally what happens if farmers can't meet or fulfill these contracts what kind of cost penalties are, are they looking at here?
4: Sure. And it's, uh, again, you know, a legally binding contract that farmers sign into when they de- do these deferred delivery contracts. And I think all recognize that and then want to uh, be able to fulfill those contracts, obviously. Uh, but in years when you can't, uh, typically, you know, if it's a drought year or frost event, something that lowers yield in a specific area it's not usually something that affects all of Western Canada and so buyout costs of these contracts can be a little bit smaller this year is a little bit different story because of the widespread drought the prices have continued to increase and escalate throughout the summer period growing period here And so what ends up happening, there's a cost to buy out. It's usually the cost or the price difference between what you contracted at and what the price may be now. As an example, $13 canola in the spring versus $20 now, there's a $7 a bushel cost to that contract that the grower would have to pay. On top of that cost, uh, some companies also have the administrative fee involved completely acceptable, I I get it again, we sign these contracts in good faith knowing that those costs are there, but the costs are really meant, the administrative fee is really meant to deter growers from um, getting or trying to get out of a contract when they actually have the physical grain and, uh, and deter them from trying to do that to capture a slightly higher price. Now again, growers aren't going to have the grain this year. It's a little different story. So yes, we're still going to have to buy out the contracts. You know, that difference in my example of $7 a bushel with, with 13 and $20 canola as, as the example. But then there may be an administrative fee that could be $10, $20. Uh, that that fee varies from company to company. Some companies don't actually have a fee. And that's what we're looking for as grower organizations across the prairies here is for for the Grain Elevator Association to recognize that, look, we're not trying to get out of these contracts because we're trying to capture that extra $7 with canola that we have we don't have the canola or the wheat or the barley or the peas or whatever it might be many of these contracts don't have act of gods clauses written into them anymore so again the administrative cost yes it's a smaller amount but it's still a fee that increases the total expense to the farm on a year where there's not going to be much for income and i would say a lot of red ink this year
3: so at the end of the day, what do you want to see happen here?
4: Well, really, the most important message that I could state here, I think, is uh, this is going to be a difficult year for all involved. It's critical that we as farmers and grain companies are able to work together to come up with some sort of a workable solution for all involved. And to me, an easy start with that would be the removal of these administrative fees. Again, it's a, it's a small token. That, in my mind, is something that the company can do um it's that part is in their control but maybe there's other options too uh, possibly rolling contracts forward into 2022 so that we can uh, at least deliver physical grain you know there would still be a cost involved with that at least but at least it doesn't have to come out of the pockets which are not going to have much in them anyway to be paid this year. Maybe we can roll forward into 2022, but at very least these administrative fees need to be addressed and uh, and do something with them.
3: It's an extremely tough situation for producers.
4: It's uh, been one of the most challenging years in my career, I can tell you that, and many people that I have conversations with uh, I think would echo those comments. I I know growers uh, from my involvement with the organizations here that I'm involved with, right from the BC Peace area through to uh, Ontario. And uh, Ontario's got some okay crops this year, but any of the uh, farmers that I know in Western Canada here, uh, the crops simply aren 't great, uh, and in many cases, hail even insulted it worse uh, and then made the drought conditions that much, uh, that much more devastating.
3: Bernie, remind us where you farm and, and talk to us a little bit about what 's happening in that area.
4: Uh, well, I farm in the northwest part of Saskatchewan here at Glassland. Uh So that's about an hour north of North Battleford. And and again, uh, you know, it varies a little bit if you were lucky enough to get a rain shower uh, or a thunderstorm that might have rolled through. And that happened quite frequently this year where uh, I've got land that's six miles apart. And, and at one point here, the last good rain that we had in June, I had seven tenths of rain on my, on my acres here at home. And six miles away, only got two tenths. And then it dried up after that. My crop at home actually held pretty good until the 22nd of july and then it got hailed out the land in glasland uh didn't see the hail but because of that one difference of five tenths or half an inch of rain uh the cropping that was six miles away just uh it's poor as well so again uh you go east of here a little ways, and again, spotty showers, some decent crops, but uh, all in all, it's, uh, it's a bleak situation when it comes to uh, uh, getting decent yields off here this fall, and, and even the livestock uh, sector is suffering badly. Uh, so yeah, the, I would suggest that the northwest part of the province here is certainly no better off than uh, many other areas across the prairies, not just in Saskatchewan.
3: I've been talking with Bernie McLean. Bernie is chair of Canola. For Golden West, I'm Glendale Allen Vossler.
0: Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email the farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Beef Industry Conference is taking place this week online. Go to CanadianBeefIndustryConference.com. And for H Manitoba's 2021, 22 season starts in September with 130 clubs throughout the province. If you're age 6 to 25 and would like to join a club near you, contact the Brandon office at 204 726 or visit 4h.mb.ca. It's time now for the Bean Report, brought to you by Manitoba Pulse and soybean growers. Joining us today is production specialist Laura Schmidt.
5: Soybeans range from R6.5, which is beginning maturity, to R7, where there's at least one brown pod on the main stem. Some fields are rapidly approaching R8, or full maturity. The rains have helped fill pods and increase seed size in fields that were not mature when the rains fell. Also note that once soybeans have reached R7, they are considered safe from a fall frost, so that's pretty good news right now. Dry beans range from R8 beginning maturity to R9 full maturity. Field pea harvest is wrapped up in most areas, and soybean harvest has begun as crops have matured. Um, do walk harvested pea fields and check regrowth or sprouted harvest loss areas to look for signs of the pea leaf weevil, a new pest to Manitoba. Signs of the pea leaf weevil are notching on leaf edges. Um, So far, we've found it as far southeast as Holland and Glenboro this year, Uh, so they are more common in western Manitoba than we previously thought. Scouting for adult weevils this fall before they overwinter can help inform your management decisions next spring in nearby pea and fava bean crops, so keep an eye out for that little pest.
0: And Laura, wanted to talk a little bit about uh, soybean and dry bean harvest.
5: Soybeans are ready for harvest once seed moisture is less than 14%, around 5 to 10 days after full maturity or R8 has been reached. At this mature stage, 95% of the pods are brown, all leaves have dropped, and seeds will rattle within those lower pods. Soybeans can be combined when seed moisture is below 20%, but seed must be stored at less than 14%. Avoid harvesting at less than 12% seed moisture to prevent cracking and splitting. If soybean seed moisture is low, harvest when humidity is high to reduce shatter loss and mechanical damage. Soybeans may be straight cut or swathed. Straight cutting is the preferred method. If swathed, combine shortly after to avoid quality loss. Soybeans are easily damaged by rain if left in the swath. A note on harvest losses. More than 80% of soybean harvest losses occur at the header. To reduce those losses, keep harvest speeds below 5 miles per hour, um, measure losses regularly during harvest to optimize your combine settings. A properly adjusted Draper header has been shown to reduce losses over an Auger header, and use of an air system on either header type has been shown to further reduce losses. There are more tips in the full report on our website for soybean harvest loss research.
0: And Laura, what about dry bean harvest?
5: Dry beans are ready for harvest when all leaves have dropped, all the pods have changed color, and seed moisture is 16 to 18 percent. Dry beans can be harvested by undercutting and windrowing, swapping, or straight combining. Undercutting is typical for row crop beans and vine type varieties that pod lower to the ground. Straight combi- combining or swapping is more common for solid seeded beans and bush type varieties with higher pods. Straight combining also requires flat soil that hasn't been inter-cultivated. In this week's Bean Report, find more tips on maintaining seed quality in dry beans and how to reduce soil intake smearing, splits, and cracks.
0: And finally, um, Laura, what can you tell us about growing fall rye ahead of uh, next year's uh, dry beans?
5: Properly managed fall rye as a cover crop ahead of edible beans can protect soil from erosion and minimize weed pressure while maintaining dry bean yield potential. Dry beans are planted late in the spring, resulting in a long window of bare soil from the time when snow melts to when the crop actually goes in the ground with fall rye ahead of dry beans, um, under dry conditions, rye termination needs to be carefully timed in the spring to maintain bean yield potential. At NDSU in Carrington, they found the best time to terminate the rye ahead of beans was two weeks before planting the dry beans to maximize yield, and that was no different than the checked dry beans where there was no rye ahead of them. Find more information on all of these topics and more at as- manitobapulse.ca under the production tab where you can find all of the season's bean reports as well as any that continues throughout the fall and winter season.
0: Thanks Laura. Laura Schmidt is a production specialist with Manitoba Pulse and soybean growers. The bean report is brought to you by Manitoba Pulse and soybean growers. You can find out more at manitobapulse.ca. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Stats Canada says farm cash receipts totaled $38.2 billion in the first half of 2021. That's up 12.4% from the same period in 2020. Higher crop and livestock receipts more than offset lower total direct payments. Farm cash receipts rose the most in Alberta and Manitoba, which saw an increase of $895.5 million. Farmers are hoping to see some decent moisture after the harvest wraps up along with some good snow cover and timely spring rains. Trevor Hadwin, an agroclimate specialist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, says it's difficult to compare this year's drought with droughts from the past.
2: We're much better off now than we were uh, 30, uh, 50 years ago in terms of how to manage drought. We've, we've got better practices like zero-till that can conserve the soil moisture. We have uh, infrastructure in place Uh, to provide water uh, to a large region of the prairies um, and and producers have uh, dug dugouts on their farms to to try to preserve the water uh, from winter runoff. Um, All those things have helped us through this drought.
0: He notes the big difference between the drought in 1988 and this year is just how widespread the drought is this year. And the province has completed its crop disease survey for 2021. Pathologist David Kaminsky talked about wheat.
2: In wheat we see both foliar diseases and fusarium head blight and the latter is the one we're usually most concerned about in 2020 we found it in a third of the fields this year we have found it in less than 1% of the fields
0: I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program we've come to the end of another manitoba farm journal i'm your host Corey Canute if you have any questions or comments you can reach us by email the farm desk at goldenwest.ca Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.